How are you guys doing tonight? You guys doing okay? Woo! Some people are doing okay. That's good. Uh, tonight we are going to continue our series, Rooted in the Psalms, is the name of our series this semester. Uh, to get us started, uh, I want to first talk briefly about a common biblical occupation, shepherding. Sheep are not very smart animals. I'll just say that first of all. Sheep are also the most frequently mentioned animal in the Bible. 400 times, as a matter of fact, if we include references to flocks. Shepherds are mentioned 100 times. However, I think most of us in this room probably know very little about what it was like to be, what it could be like to be a shepherd during the times of the Bible. Like shepherding in America today would be like, here's a big fence with a lot of green grass and maybe a trough or two of water and the sheep are taken care of, right? Hi, buddy. That's my son, Eli. He's awesome. He's welcome to stay. I don't care. This is good for him, too. Uh, In America, no shepherd is really necessary to lead them anywhere. This was not the case in biblical times. Sheep depended on their shepherd for survival. And this is actually still true in the Middle East today. Uh, And we're going to show you a quick video uh, that I found on YouTube a few years ago, and I think it's a helpful picture of shepherding. All right. Uh, So this is shepherding in the Middle East today, right? I want to talk a little bit about what shepherding would have been like uh, during the times of the Bible. Uh, To help us get started tonight, I have a challenge for us. This This side looks like they're ready for a challenge. How about this side? Is this side ready for a challenge? Are you guys ready for a challenge? All right. Uh, one of our goals as a, as a staff this semester is the, the psalm that we teach we wanted to memorize. So I thought it would be good to extend that practice to us tonight. Do you think you guys have what it takes to memorize a Bible verse together tonight? Just one. You think you can do that? In Hebrew? <laughs> no, that's what I saw over here. Uh, I believe in you. Repeat after me. Adonai ro'i. Lo echsar. Yeah, somebody up here has got it. <laughs> Say <laughs> All right, let's try it one more time. Adonai ro'i. Lo echsar. That was pretty good. Well done. Uh, I will tell you later what you're actually saying. So just hang on to that for right now, okay? Uh, Shepherding actually is not as easy as it might seem. So Stacy and I, as some of you know, lived in Jerusalem for a couple of years. We were taking a, we did a two-year master's program over there. Every class we took included field trips which was awesome. So we were like out in the land all of the time. And one of the field trips we were on gave me the opportunity to try to herd some sheep. 
I learned very quickly that I'm a very bad shepherd. Okay, I'll just say that. I now know that I'm really bad at what that guy was doing uh, in the video there. Um, But even though I'm not a very good shepherd myself, I have learned a thing or two about shepherding uh, that I would love to share with you guys tonight. Who were some of the shepherds that are mentioned in the Bible? Jesus. Very good. Who else? David, very good. Who else? Anybody? Abraham, very good. There's Abel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Amos, David, Jeremiah, Rebecca, Jesus, metaphorically speaking. There are lots of great shepherds that are mentioned in the Bible. Now, the question I want to ask is, where did these great shepherds hang out with their sheep? Here. Biblical shepherding is done in the desert. This picture was taken a few years ago. We're hanging out in the desert, and the shepherd goes across this ridge. Shepherding takes place in the desert. Now, if you look at this picture right here, you see this group of sheep right here. They all got their heads down right there. Anybody, ask, anybody just kind of wondering, what are those sheep doing? Like, it sort of looks like they might be eating something, but all I see here are a bunch of rocks, right? Seriously, with all these other pictures, what, are, what do these guys eat in the desert? What? And, and the weather here in July is 110 degrees with 0% chance of rain for the whole month. As a matter of fact, this part of the country receives two inches of rain a year and no rain at all for five or six months straight during the summertime. How does anyone or anything survive life in the desert? But check this out. I think this is really cool. In the late afternoon, there would be this breeze, a light breeze that would blow in off from the Mediterranean Sea, which is about 40 or 50 miles away, give or take. And with that light breeze comes moisture in the air. Okay, so it's sort of like Lake Michigan to Grand Rapids, okay? And this moisture that carries through the air for 40 or 50 miles, then it settles in the desert on these rocks. And then these little tiny droplets of water like dew run off from the rocks and it creates just enough water for a tuft of grass to sprout out around these desert rocks. See these? Do you know the shepherds call this tuft of grass? 
green pastures. Green pastures. And these green pastures are just enough. Just enough for right now. It's not knee-deep green grass everywhere you look. I think this tends to be our picture of green pastures, right? (laughs) America. (laughs) This is what we prefer because we want to be comfortable. We want the all-you-can-eat buffet. But all we truly need is just enough for today. Repeat after me. Adonai Roi. Lo Echsar. Adonai Roi. Lo Echsar. You still gotta wait. I'm not telling you yet. And what what about what about water? What do these sheep drink? I mean, I already told you that they're in the desert. In July, it's 110 degrees. Annually, they get two inches of rainfall. Based on this fact, what do you think the number one cause of death would be in the desert? Dehydration. You're wrong. The number one cause of death in the desert in Israel is water. Too much water. How does this work? Okay, so in Jerusalem, about 15 or so miles away from the desert, elevation is at the peak. Okay, so let's just pretend that Jerusalem is like a rooftop. And in Jerusalem, they get 24 inches of rain a year. And so in Jerusalem, it rains up on top of the rooftop, and eventually the water is going to flow down somewhere, right? Well, actually, it flows down, 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 all the way to the desert in the Judean wilderness area to the Dead Sea. About a span of 15 miles, it drops in elevation 3,000 feet, over 3,000 feet. And so while it's raining in Jerusalem, this water starts rushing down, down, down towards the desert and towards the Dead Sea, and it carves out these huge channels where the water is just rushing through. And these, this water could actually be stories high. The number one cause of death in the desert is too much water because you can be hiking in the desert and you have no idea you turn around and this wall of water can kill you. Hikers die in Israel in the desert every single year from this. Every single year. I want to show you a video. I did not take this video. Again, thank you, YouTube or something like that. Uh, but this is, this is where they get, like, no rain. It's a huge waterfall in the middle of the desert, right? But here's a cool thing that happens. After these huge waterfalls flow through the desert... They leave behind these small pools of water. Just enough water for the sheep to drink. 
just enough. Adonai Roi. Lo Echsar. Adonai Roi. Lo Echsar. The Lord is my shepherd. I am in need of nothing. Often our Bibles translate this psalm as the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But to me that always sounds like I shouldn't want stuff or I shouldn't covet something. The Hebrew word achsar, say achsar again. Achsar means to have a need or be lacking. Okay? And the Hebrew word in Psalm 23 actually covers both past tense and future tense. So that's why I like to translate it as the Lord is my shepherd, I am in need of nothing. Or actually even more literally, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I am and will be in need of nothing. Because he is a good shepherd and he will provide just enough for what I need today. These tiny tufts of green grass and these tiny pools of still waters. Several times throughout the Bible, God is described as a shepherd for his people. And there are also these prophecies about a Messiah who would come, who would also become a shepherd of his people. Hear these words of Jesus from John chapter 10 I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life. For the sheep. I don't think we understand, honestly, the magnitude of what Jesus is actually saying in these words here. Because in the Old Testament, God was often referred to as the shepherd of his people. When Jesus claims to be the good shepherd himself, he's actually claiming to be the Messiah that the Old Testament prophesied about. That's a really, really, really big and bold statement. And not only that, but Jesus is declaring to be a good shepherd who will care for the needs of his sheep, caring for his people. Jesus is a good shepherd, and he will lead his people to green pastures and still waters in desert places. And he will search for lost sheep and he will protect them from the evil one. And we are the sheep in his care. Jesus continues actually and says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Which is why I love that video that we played first of the sheep crossing the road, right? 
I don't know if you could hear this or not, but you could, I could actually hear the shepherd's voice. He's like whistling and stuff like that for the sheep, and they are following closely, uh, waiting for his, his command to say, it's okay, the cars will stop now. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Jesus is the good shepherd. Are you following him? Do you know the sound of his voice? Are you trusting him to care for all of your needs? Even if it's only one tiny tuft of grass or a drop of water at a time in the middle of the hottest or driest of deserts that life throws at us. Do you trust the good shepherd with your future? Do you trust him? Do you trust that he will provide for what you need? Do you trust that the good shepherd is going to provide a job? a house, the right roommates? Do you trust the good shepherd with your addictions? Or when your hopes and dreams don't go as planned, when the relationship ends, do you trust him with your finances or lack thereof? We want our bank accounts to be, you know, fluffy, have cushion. But do you have what you need today? Just enough. A couple of stories. So when Stacy and I were living in Jerusalem, uh, it was our second year that we were studying there. We lived in this apartment about 15 minutes from the old city of Jerusalem. Really cool apartment in, the, in a cool neighborhood, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, we lived about three blocks from a very small grocery store. Maybe six aisles or something like that. The name of the grocery store was Super Deal. Not really. I mean, it was called Super Deal, but it was kind of expensive. Uh, so I clearly remember this day where Stacy and I, we walked down the hill to Super Deal. We walk through some of the aisles. We grabbed three small bags of groceries. Some pita, some hummus, some cheese, those kinds of things. We slowly and quietly walked back up the hill, climbed the three flights of stairs to our apartment. I remember setting the three bags of groceries in the middle of the kitchen floor. And then Stacy and I just wept. And we were crying because at that point we had $50 left to our name. We were in Jerusalem on a student visa, and when you're on a student visa, you can't get a work visa. So there's no way for us to make any more money. 
We had already asked people to help us and support us, and that money had already come in. We had already tapped into the little bit of retirement stuff that we had left. We didn't know what else to do. We were at the end of our rope. And we were just like, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe we just got to go home, and we can't finish our degree. We had lunch, and we cried, and we just prayed and said, God, whatever you want, but we trust that you can provide. And wouldn't you know, he did. I don't even know why, I don't even know how, but randomly we get this generous check in the mail. Rent was due the next week of almost $1,000. We had $50 left to our name. Check comes in the mail. Very generous. Oh, somebody left us like hundreds of shekels in our little student mailbox thing in cash. We didn't tell anybody. We just prayed. We hosted a Bible study for other students in our apartment. And later that week, we go to bed and we pull back the covers and there's shekels scattered all over inside our covers. I can't make this up. But I can say this. Adonai ro'i. Lo echsar. The Lord is my shepherd. I am in need of nothing. And I trust that he will be a good shepherd who will provide for what I need today. When I was in seventh grade, that was story number one. Story number two. When I was in seventh grade, I remember sitting around the dining room table with my, my family, my mom, my dad, my older sister, younger brother, and the phone rang. And when I mean the phone rang, I mean like the only phone we had in the house at the time, right? I mean the landline thing, you know. I'm old, what can I say? So my mom went and answered the phone. Usually you don't answer the phone at dinner time because it was always telemarketers during that time. Uh, they always called during dinner time. My mom answered the phone. Next thing I know, her and dad are like rushing out of the house. And so my sister and my brother and I just sat there and we're like, we don't even have any idea what just happened, but something important is going on. We found out later that my grandma was in a really bad car accident and she was rushed to the hospital. And that's really all we knew. Uh, I woke up the next morning, uh, seventh grade boy, walking down the hallway of our kitchen, and I see my grandpa sitting in the chair at the end of the hallway in the dining room. And I just asked the normal question, hey, how's, how's grandma doing? And they, they said, grandma didn't make it last night. And in that moment, I looked my grandpa in the eyes and I gave him a big hug. I didn't know what to say to a man who just lost his third wife. But I gave him a big hug and I said, Grandpa, I'm so sorry. Life's just not fair sometimes. And right away, he looks at me and he says, oh, no, no, no. We can't say that. 
We just have to trust God. Adonai roi lo echsar. The Lord is my shepherd. I am in need of nothing. Why are we in need of nothing? Because we get to follow the good shepherd who promises to provide for us with everything that we could possibly need. He is able to guide us and protect us and provide for us and care for us. He can lead you and I to these tiny tufts of green grass or these small pools of still waters just enough to keep going. I don't know if I can do this. As some of you are aware, our, our good friend Nikki, Nikki Rakestraw, She's a, a life group intern, and she suddenly lost her dad on Friday. <laughs> Sorry. She suddenly lost her dad on Friday. I happened to be with her when she got the phone call. It was horrible. It was devastating. It was gut-wrenching. Her dad was her best friend. We came over and we sat in my office for a little while. It didn't take long for words to come out of her mouth like, God is still good. I still trust in his plan for my life. This was within an hour of her finding out that her dad died. Claiming to these truths that Jesus is a good shepherd and that his plan for our lives is bigger than our plans. This afternoon, Nikki sent me a text with some things that she was writing as her own reflection on Psalm 23. And she, it was a longer text, and I'm just going to kind of give the last paragraph here, ended with these words. She said, God will provide for all my family and I need. Let me read that again. God will provide for all my family and I need. Mocking Satan in the face bringing light into the valley of the shadow of death and revealing the flowers of the meadow. On Friday, February 9th, I do not see that moment as the enemy taking my father from me. I see it as a completion of purpose. 
that God whispered, okay, Todd, you've done all that I've created you to do. I want you to go home now so that you can finally experience fullness of joy in my presence. Friends, no matter what you have gone through, Riley shared part of his story up here tonight as well. No matter what you have gone through, maybe what you are going through, or what you will go through, whether it's five minutes from now or five years from now, we don't know what's coming, but we do know this. Jesus is a good shepherd, and he will give us what we need every single day. For it was the good shepherd himself who said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Will you say it with me one more time? Adonai roi. Lo echsar. Adonai roi. Lo echsar. I'm taking a risk by doing this thing here, but I want you just to close your eyes. Just for a moment. And I want you to hear the rest of Psalm 23 in the original language, in Hebrew. Adonai roi lo echsar. Binot deshe yarbitzeni alme menuchot yanachaleni. Nafshi yeshovev yancheni v'ma'agle tzedek. Gam ki elech begets al mavid. Lo yira ra ki ata imadi. Shiftecha uminshan techa. Hema yenachamuni. Taaroch lefanai shulchan negeds orai. Dishanta bashemen roshi. Kosi Rivia Ach Tov Bechesed Yerdefuni Ko Yame Hayai Veshafti Bevet Adonai Leorech Yamim. Now let's say the words of Psalm 23 together in English, and we'll close with this. The Lord is my shepherd. I am in need of nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This, my friends, is the word of the Lord. Amen. All right, please pray with me. Jesus, we are so grateful that you are a good shepherd. And that you are a good shepherd who cares deeply for his sheep. And that you promise to provide for what we need each and every day. You provide just enough for us to eat and just enough for us to drink and just enough strength to keep going in the midst of a hard season and maybe just enough money to keep paying rent and just enough and just enough and just enough. Help us as your sheep to keep our eyes and our ears fixed on you. May we cling to these promises in your word. May, we be, may our lives be rooted in this truth that you are a good shepherd. Even if it's in the middle of the hottest and the driest of deserts that life throws at us sometimes. May we cling to you and your promises that you are good and that you love us. Thank you for these truths. God, I just pray for the people in this room who, who are trying to figure out what this looks like in their lives. God, I pray that the people of this room, that they, they, will, they will learn to trust you even more deeply tomorrow than they did today. That they will trust in your provision that they will trust in your goodness. For the people of this community who are, who are hurting in a variety of ways, specifically we want to pray for Nikki and her family and her close community of friends. God, we ask that you will give them strength. God, we ask that you will give them just enough to pick themselves up and keep going. And may we together as your flock walk together in community as we follow you and as we listen to your voice. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.